0: The time for you as a creator is now. Take these tools, use them. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be a Code Miko with your face in the camera as a technician, or you could be a Teflon Sega and be fully behind this. And then guess what doesn't matter anymore? Race, gender, how attractive you are. All of these things go away. This is Web3 and the Metaverse, baby. Damn it.
1: <laughs> Imagine having the power to create your own virtual self, a digital avatar that can represent you in the Metaverse. From entertainment to marketing, the possibilities are endless.
0: We'll be uncovering the latest innovations in VTubing and how they're changing the future of content creation. Today, we'll take you on that journey to discuss the future of digital avatars. What's up, guys? My name is Atlas Theory. I'm a co-host here for the Metaverse Podcast here with Archetype. What's going on, man?
1: Dude, excited about this one, man! I've been playing around, researching, and there's a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff out there, and I'm excited to share that with everyone listening.
0: The space is growing fast, and I and it's going to be really fun because I think not a lot of like Web three crypto NFT natives know of VTubing, or at least like not really what that term is and what it means. So I am really excited to get in to this because. They- It's evolving fast, man. We have a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, I wasn't real sure on like this whole VTubing thing. Like from what I saw back in the day to what I'm seeing now, there's this huge change. And Mm. I wasn't really that interested when I saw like VTubing, particularly because it was not really the style that I was wanting to use. And also like I didn't really have a need for it. But now I can see with this whole metaverse and gaming and digital representation of yourself there's there's a real like want and desire for the everyday person to use some of these things but vtube it's a strange name for it like where did that come from what what is VTubing?
0: yeah so i believe the term is was coined in 2016 or around that time from a creator called kazuna ai one of the first or at least one of the more popular vtubers or virtual youtubers of the time i think the term though has evolved because we see them uh, on twitch and other platforms so it's it's beyond youtubing now or being a youtuber but that uh that vtuber still still holds true
1: okay so take me back to this era where kazuna had first started like what was happening at that time was she the first to do it and like how is it evolving?
0: Yeah, she wasn't the first. I believe the first is a credit to Amy Yamato, but she was one of the first and definitely the more popular ones. Uh, Like I said, she coined the phrase V-Tubing. And what they did um, back then, also I have to pause and preface right now. I said AI, but it also could be I, which means like love in Chinese. I'm not sure what it means in Japanese. Um, I'm not sure of the origin of her name. But coming back... Don't kill me in the comments if I got it wrong. (laughs) 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 But coming back, um, these are digital artists. And a lot of them use 2D anime-style avatars to tell a story or to react to content online. Um, I I believe even uh, Amy used her digital skills to put her avatar with. The real world behind her in vlogs and other kind of content, um, which is something I definitely want to borrow moving forward when I create my character. (laughs) So that's kind of like early days. And we still see that like very popular, very uh, prevalent anime style, but it's evolving. And it's evolving fast. Mm. One of the more popular ones now, Code Miko, a creator I watch, has a really cool dynamic with her uh, real world self and her digital avatar. She calls her real world self the technician, which I thought is like freaking brilliant to have as like two characters. But she was a game designer and she used Mm. that 3D knowledge to come into the world of content creation as a personality. And it's so cool like you just have to look it up it'd be not doing it justice to just speak about it but she does interviews she's building her own game world a lot of cool stuff coming from code miko
1: i want to come back to her because she's very interesting about the whole real world and avatar mix i'm interested in like the very beginnings of this 2d avatar like what's going on behind the scenes there they're using a webcam and then some graphic images, some 2D graphic images, and then puppeteering those?
0: Very good question. Um, So in the beginning, there's going to be an artist that creates the 2D art. And this is kind of like a standalone avatar, which then, after the art is fully created in layers, they will pass it on to someone who can rig the character. And that means that they can get it ready for motion tracking by building the layers up and making sure the mapping is correct. From there, you would use a tool. Let's just say the one off the top of my head is VTuber Studio. And that will be a webcam that would see your facial movements and make sure that your character matches those movements. So that's kind of like the base layer, the most basic explanation of like the three step process to like create a digital avatar, at least a 2D digital avatar. Now, we are coming from a Web3 kind of background, a metaverse audience. And this is actually a transition that's a little hard to talk about because a lot of the art community who creates these 2D digital avatars are anti-Web3 and anti-AI. So we now need to use different tools to kind of (laughs) go through the system because a lot of them don't want the art that they create to end up being NFT influencers, being in the metaverse, or, you know, having any sort of like AI influence. So yeah, that's something I um, experienced like Secondhand, and one of my good friends experienced it personally. So that's kind of like a little segue there because I know our audience is more than likely coming from the metaverse and the web three background. So that's a little bit of a, not a warning, but a notice, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but let's go into that now though. Let's, let's talk about other ways we can create our art. And one of the big ways that you and I have been playing around with is AI characters. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: When I started looking into like VTubing and, um, you know, like puppeteering uh, a character, I had my own artwork that I'd done, but I sort of felt like that uh, barrier of entry was pretty hard for people that didn't have that art skill, that starting point to be able to create their own artwork. And even for me, like once I got that artwork, like if I wanted to do that traditional sense of, you know, puppeteering that character... And maybe I can put some images up on the screen. I looked at things like Adobe character animation, Mm. and you still had to be able to separate all the layers. Uh, You still had to be able to create different layers of different mouth movements. But the cool thing was like the webcam would pick up your face, your movements. The AI would pick up your voice and know what words were being said, and they would replace those mouth movements Mm. to suit. And so I'm still playing around with that. I think that might be a viable tool for me, at least to enjoy and to learn from the experience. But for the people that don't have that art skill and and it being a barrier, we need some other tools. And that's where I think AI comes in, that we can generate an image to be our character. We can refine it. And then once we're happy with it, then we can start turning that into some sort of avatar that has movement.
0: Yeah. And there are some great tools, you know, already going around for some of this. DID and Synthesia are the top two that I've heard about. I played around with um, DID. It's not perfect. But like to get you from A to B and get you started creating content, it's amazing. (laughs) You know, it comes with a watermark on like the free edition, but you can upgrade it. And just going from a prompt in mid-journey to a moving character in under an hour is powerful. It's so cool. Now, of course, the limitation with this is it needs to be Either pre recorded from your own voice or you put in text for an AI voice to speak. So it's not live. Um, but have you seen any tools um, that we could use to turn that AI art and create a VTuber live? Uh,
1: I don't know if this is the perfect application, but I saw something the other day I'm yet to play around with, but it's called Expression Camera. So X. Pression camera.com. It's again, it's not perfect. You can see that there's some limitations with head movement and things like that, but it will take your voice and it will map it onto a character. Uh, and I think you can upload your own character. So that means um, even if you don't have the art skills, you can go into AI and you can create this AI prompt and create a character and then upload that. And then as you talk, it will, it will do the head movement there's probably others, uh, but that's exciting because you see how fast everything is moving. Mm-hmm. By the time people jump into it and start exploring for themselves, within you know three to six months, there's going to be some killer apps. So I think it's important that start if this is an interest for you, start getting involved and start learning about these things because. They're gonna change.
0: They are gonna change, and like you said, they're gonna change fast. But that's so exciting because we're at the beginning, and we're already able to do so much. Now, some of the viewers and listeners might be saying, "Well, that's cool. You talked about 2D, but you were just talking about Code Miko and 3D. Yeah. Um, what are like some of the things that we can do to get a 3D character? And let's start since we were just talking about AI." I'll go into a little bit of how to get AI to a 3D character, but then we'll talk about a lot of other ways to do so. Yeah, so cool. I actually just learned about this today, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> I was on YouTube and um, I saw a video on how to take a um, character made from AI and bring it into like a 3D model. So I watched this girl do it in like under an hour. So what she did was she started in stable diffusion, And she went ahead, did a few prompts, got a character that looked like her. Now, the trick is that she actually took and used as reference material a picture of her facing straight, a a profile, and an angled shot. So she took these three shots and brought them into different programs. One of the first, I believe, was Blender. And she had a plugin that was uh, in her description. We'll put the link to this video actually in the description and show notes. But basically without going into too much of the technical, she was able to match each of those angles to create a full on mesh um, and model of her character. And then she used that and brought it into MetaHuman and completed the rest through unreal engine there so it was a very like it seemed like a very fast process they the um plugin she did was a uh, mesh that actually just snaps using ai to an ai face so like Mm -hmm. she clicked like one button and it was like meshed yeah and it's like what (laughs) it's like this is so fast like I might do this tomorrow. So some crazy stuff coming out now.
1: Yeah, I actually played around with that, which is cool because Blender is free. It's a really crazy program. Uh, When you first turn it on, it looks a little bit intimidating. Lots of buttons, lots of things there. But I don't have a lot of experience with blender i use other 3d programs so every time you jump into a new 3d program it's going to look different it's going to be a little bit intimidating but i just watched a youtube tutorial and i literally like paused it every couple of seconds and i did the clicks that the guy was talking about doing and it's definitely doable like if you can click your mouse and you can follow instructions it doesn't matter if you don't have the 3d skills you'll be able to do it and then bring that into metahuman metahuman as well is free so all these tools, they're free. There's so many YouTube tutorials out there that you can watch. Like this is possible for everybody.
0: It's it's true. And uh, ask me how much it would be if you just hired a digital artist.
1: <laughs> how much? How much are we talking <laughs> for a digital like, artist?
0: Like what she created, five hundred yeah. plus dollars. Like it's yeah. It's so crazy that how fast these like AI innovations and these 3D innovations and free programs everywhere. It's gonna be crazy.
1: So once you've got this 3D uh, character to actually animate that, there is an app from Unreal called uh, Live Link Face and it's just an app on your phone. So you can literally like sit your phone there and it will map your face and in live like real time, it will change your avatar and have the mouth movements and the face movements and things like that. We've seen that before with like a headset and it's got like this arm out and then people put that phone like in front of their face and that's mm. that's what they're using. And then they can move around and do all that sort of movement. Is that something that Miko is using?
0: Uh, she is not. I believe she spent over $13,000 on an XSense Sense. Full suit. She definitely has the higher end stuff, but exactly, I mean, to to our point, that's a program that you can use without spending over ten grand that can get you mm. motion tracking and get you get you going, you know. And I think that that's just going to only improve, you know, the technology in those apps. We're not going to need to spend this money emotion tracking. I even saw full body motion tracking in an app like the other day. So. It's already being worked on.
1: Yeah, I saw a uh, exercise app that you sit the phone like far enough away that it will see your whole body and it will track all the points on your body. So you see yourself on the screen and then it picks up little dots where it's actually hinging and moving and it will track you and then it will create like this exercise program where you've got to try and like move and hit the targets. So like these uh, full body suits, you're saying like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000. You're saying that we won't need those anymore?
0: I I don't believe so. I think the technology is going to get good enough here in a few years or over the span of a few years where it'll be good enough to create and not bother the viewer by seeing the animation is how I should put it. I think there will always be like professional grade you know, that might be yeah. slightly better, but, you know, yeah. just like, just like cameras, like I could spend, <laughs> you know, $900 on a very nice, clear camera. And if I know how to use the lighting to my advantage and this and that, I'm going to, it's going to be so close to like a 20 grand camera. It's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and for like, average listener. yeah. yeah. Exactly. For our
1: average listener that wants to dive into this, don't be put off by a thirteen thousand dollars price tag because you can jump in and and do all this stuff without actually having to spend that. Get right, exactly.
0: Yeah. And know what's going to grow your audience, your story, and how you present your yes. content.
1: Yeah. It's all about storytelling. Hey, I've even seen like on the Quest that mm. they have these outward-facing cameras, but they also have some like facing down and also inside the eye set area so you can track like your eye movement like whether your eyes are open or closed squinting looking left looking right and then they have the the cameras that are facing down that is actually getting the expression on your mouth that is interesting because it's taking it from something that is a webcam to moving it eventually to where we're going to be displaying these things and and visually seeing other people with these characters, which is virtual reality. And so if you're going to want to do all this um, animation and and tracking and things like that, but then you also need to be inside a video game, I think headsets need to adapt this uh, technology to map faces. And I think that that's really interesting what Meta is doing there because that's going to be important for live tracking when you're actually playing a character inside a
0: game definitely agree yeah that's really interesting stuff and again like instead of just vr you're now getting motion tracking so it's like already becoming less than the big price tag it's like a medium yeah. price tag right now but yeah <laughs> we're getting there yeah.
1: <laughs> so i think code miko is interesting because once you have this character i guess you have the choice of being completely anonymous mm. or documenting your experience as the technician and showing the other side of it as well uh and i guess like if you've got multiple characters you could choose between which ones you want to be anonymous for and which ones you want to highlight but um what she does is really interesting what have you Mm. seen there
0: so i think it solves the problem that a lot of creators go through i think that they split themselves and i have the same problem i'm always going back and forth between deciding like oh i want to show my life and my experience but i also want to create this digital character that has their own story and I think what she's done is the solution. It's brilliant. She gets to be the technician and she can interact with Miko. But Miko also has, you know, a whole world that she exists in. It's so powerful. And I think even Xanadu, who has the character Blue, his first yeah. video was also had a like mini cam of his real self while he was motion capturing. And that Mm. just kind of attaches you to the character even more. So, I think that did really well when maybe we wouldn't have attached as much if we didn't see a person behind it creating that
1: content. So, I guess uh, an example of someone who is anonymous that's doing this sort of thing is uh, Teflon Sega, who's a music artist and he's completely anonymous.
0: Mm. Yeah, Teflon is a great case because They are a music artist, uh, but they do it through this digital character. And so far, I don't believe they've ever shown their face. So we Mm -hmm. have no idea. And I think that it creates like it's also magical, but I think it could be healthier for the content creator themselves Mm -hmm. because, well, for multiple reasons. One is like going out (laughs) into the real world if you get popular. And the second is just like you're not putting so much of yourself out there to be ridiculed. And that's also Mm. a power, a huge powerhouse of digital characters Mm. for potential brands.
1: Yes. So, I mean, from a consumer point of view, I enjoy like the code Miko and the technician seeing behind the scenes and seeing that creator, um, create the avatar and seeing that other side of it but for the creator themselves yeah there's definitely like the psychological advantage of being anonymous but also mm. it o- opens opportunities to then on sell that character or to do different deals regarding that character as a intellectual property
0: it opens a lot of doors with intellectual property with branding but the most powerful reason is Teflon Sega can't have controversy they can't be canceled Uh because Mm -hmm. they're not acting as a person they're a character and so i think a lot of brands um especially i believe in japan there are content creator houses based solely on digital characters b and they get a lot of investment because they know that they're not going to have scandals
1: true yeah so does that mean like eventually, if not now, we could have perhaps a character that is completely AI?
0: I think so. Um, do you mean controlled by an AI at its core or do you mean?
1: Yeah, like, you know, you've got that robot that's like, you know, just a, a, from here up and it, you can talk to it and it'll answer you and give facial expressions. Or we've got like chat GPT. you can have conversations with these ai bots like would it be possible that ai could control these things like you could have uh conversations with this digital character or you could sort of give it some baseline of say you're a music artist and Mm -hmm. these are the things that you like and so you could control conversation and content off that and see how it reacts and see how it creates from there
0: I think for a long while, we'll need the human composer, as they call it, mm. to to help out. But I think eventually, or even now, we don't know where chat GPT is going. We have what they've released to us, but I don't know what they actually have. So like, mm. they could have AI and program it, like you said, act as a content creator and create three pieces of content on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it'll automatically put those time codes in its system and create that content and post it for those times. I think I think that's kind of here. Like, I think they could Whoa. do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. Because, like, you mash all these technologies. Uh, you've got AI that can create music, AI that can create text and talk, Eventually, AI that will create like 3D models of things, characters. They can create storyline and plot and all those script and everything. There's going to be something that just mashes all those together. And with a couple of clicks, you've got a movie that's fully produced Mm -hmm. with characters and everything moving around. And content will just be
0: endless. (laughs) It will be. It will be. It was actually funny kind of thinking of the opposite side of this. Mm. I was watching a video and it was this Hollywood writer heavily criticizing the creativity of an AI generated log line, which is, you know, a a brief, brief, brief summary of what the movie is about and how Mm. uncreative it was. And I was just like, but dude, this is the beginning, (laughs) like, how are you like, (laughs) not freaking out that like that wrote at least something that was a log line doesn't matter, like how great it was, it wrote a log line. And that's the point, you know, and so like the future is coming for like the old world, let's say, uh, Mm. and the old thinkers who don't adapt this stuff. So to apply it to today, the time for you as a creator is now. Take these tools, use them. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be a code Miko with your face in the camera as a technician, or you could be a Teflon Sega and be fully behind this. And then guess what doesn't matter anymore? Race, gender, how attractive you are. All of these things go away. This is Web3 and the Metaverse, baby. Damn
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. The barriers are gone, man. There's no excuses for anybody now. The technology is there. Uh, all your insecurities, no need for them anymore. You just got to dive in, hey?
0: Mm, 100%.
1: Now, everything we talked about, we're going to link in the description in the show notes below. If you've got any questions, if you've got any comments, drop us a line. You can find us also at the MetaVersePodcast.com and on Twitter at MetaVersePod.
0: You can find us on all your favorite audio platforms and also on YouTube.
1: We got another banger episode next week, so stay tuned and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye, guys.